And to say things that got heated yesterday between opposition leader Andrea Horvath and long-term care minister Marilee Fullerton during question period at Queen's Park, that might be a bit of an understatement. Fullerton went full-on Jack Nicholson. You can't handle the truth! Well, let's start off with the wind-up and the pitch. How can anybody expect this minister can fix things when she can't even admit to her mistakes? Will she resign today? Take ministerial accountability for the things she was supposed to do and didn't do to protect seniors in long-term care. And the swing? If the leader of the opposition had done her job during the time that the previous government neglected long-term care, if you had been a voice, if you had taken the opportunity that you had, years and years of runway that you wasted, that the leader of the opposition closed her eyes to, go back to the Hansard, look how many times she even bothered to mention the long-term care word. Look at your failure. I was left to pick up the pieces from a devastating 15 years of neglect. I will not be spoken to that way by the Leader of the Opposition that order. neglected this sector opposition and the opposition at the time neglected this sector. Order. 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 I think we can all agree that this was the mess. I will not be spoken to that way by the Leader of the Opposition that order. neglected this sector opposition and the opposition at the time neglected this sector. Order. 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 What does that even mean? I will not be spoken to this way. Why? Because you shouldn't have responsibility. It's your file, lady. No offense, but that's ridiculous. What? Because you're a doctor? Come on. Doctors are people at the end of the day. They have a degree. They have important jobs. But give up the I will not be spoken to like this. I think that that is so incredibly hurtful and disrespectful to the people that lost 3,928 of their loved ones. That's how many people died in long-term care during this pandemic. How about a little compassion? Dr. Vivian Stamatopoulos joins the show now. She's a long-term care advocate and professor at Ontario Tech University. Uh, doctor, no disrespect to doctors when I say that. Look, I've got a, a couple of doctors in the family, but at the end of the day, that was hard to hear. Oh, I mean, just when you think she can't display more ignorance and disrespect to these families. She, she doubles down and tops it every time. It's astounding. You know, the, I, when she came out last week and said that, you know, she didn't start the fire, but she ran into the fire to fix and save these people. Uh, from that to this, I, it's just, there is no bottom <laughs> with Minister Fullerton. There is zero accountability I mean, she seems fundamentally allergic to accountability. And I can tell you from speaking to the families, and I have numerous group chats going with, with dozens of families at any given time who are just livid and, and feel like they've been continually kicked while they're already down. It's just one kick after another, after another. And it just seems unending. I mean, there is no bottom. Let's talk about the exchange itself and some of the points that were made. I think uh, Andrea Horvath uh, when uh, Minister Fullerton suggested that she was responsible, it was a bit rich. When uh, Minister Fullerton's been uh, in that position for, is it three years? And Andrea Horvath has only been leader of the opposition for about that long. So what is she even talking about? It, it, is there any credibility at all in what no. Minister Fullerton said? No, it is. We've reached a new level of 
insanity at this point, frankly, because you're, you're blaming the opposition for what you failed to do in your leadership. I mean, you're in charge, Minister. Andrea isn't. You have the power. And if I'm going to be very honest from an advocate perspective and from the family perspective, we've spoken to Andrea Horvath several times. She has actually showed that she is concerned and cares, and she has tried. And numerous NDP MPPs have tried to table bills that would help the ongoing crisis in long-term care. And they've just been shot down consistently. For instance, can you name some of them? Of course, the Time to Care Act, which would legislate the care standard right now, the minimum four-hour care standard, which we so desperately need. They're trying to tell us they'll give it to us in five years, which is laughable, and and it will help nobody in long-term care right now. Nobody. And, Um, and, you know, I know that you work in this, and you're right, you're really close to the problem here. Uh, and, And obviously you can see where the solution would fit. Could we do it quickly? Sure we could, and the best part is, it wouldn't cost them money, the government, because if you legislate it, then you force the hand of the majority for-profit owners to have to hire more staff, plain and simple. So this is a win-win. The only people that would lose by that, frankly, would be the CEOs and the shareholders, because the municipal homes and the not-for-profit homes we know are staffed better, Mm -hmm. especially the municipal homes. So this isn't even an issue with them. It's really to force the for-profit's hand. And clearly, she seems to be protecting the for-profit industry and their interests and their bottom line, at the behest, unfortunately, of our residents and the staff. So it, it's clear that this has been a problem. The, the problem has been growing for years and years. We don't have the room that we should have in long-term care. Yeah. We don't have uh, the staff in long-term care. This wasn't, you know, there might be a bit of truth, a kernel, a, a nugget, a, a nut, a, like a seed's worth of truth in what Fullerton says, that the, this is a problem that she inherited uh, there were solutions to the problem that she inherited, maybe not, um, you know, broad scope wide solutions that would turn things around right away, but might have saved lives during COVID-19. Is there, um, can she be with any kind of legitimacy pointing fingers at the liberal government and, and what could have been done to change things or what should be done now, I guess? I mean, of course, every you know subsequent government has passed the, the long-term care buck, so to speak, and I pointed this out. Um, but not it, the liberals, of course, they had their part in this too. But the liberals did something that the PCs, when they took power a year later, did not do. The win on her way out had passed a bill that would levy up to $100,000 in financial penalties against these bad actors who repeatedly fail to comply with the legislation. And that would have so desperately gone um, far to really helping these people to change their bad behavior, because we know a written, all they get right now is a written warning that does nothing to change behavior. So they could have, they could have brought that back up and used that, but they didn't. Instead, when they took power, Mr. Fullerton started with, you know, halting the resident quality inspections, which are those crucial unannounced inspections that even the long-term care ministers and the auditor general, both of their reports said, you need to bring back these immediately. That was a big mistake that your government halted these. We used to have one per year before this government, and then went down to nine in, in 2019. I mean, nine of a, nine. Nine out of 626 homes Ridiculous. had an unannounced inspection. And that was under her. That was her choice. That was her ministry's decision. So, so what she's also- doing is she's leaving it up to actual family members to do unannounced visits. And then yeah. they complain Absolutely. and nobody hears them. Absolutely. That's what's happening now. And, they've, and we've seen, as you can expect, a explosion in the critical incident, which is the family-driven uh, complaints. Because... Unfortunately, we're not being able to proactively find the mistakes and the errors beforehand. So now we've seen an explosion in the critical incident injuries. So, I mean, this is just 
failure. It's failure. And she had a role and has a role in this failure. And don't even get me on the pandemic response because she yeah. literally, I don't see one area where she excelled in the pandemic. Does that shock you the- that she's a doctor and she didn't even excel? In- it does shock. And you know what's further shocking is that even the long-term care commissioners in her testimony, which I remember clearly, said to her, wow, in your notes, you pointed out earlier than anyone, than most of these doctors, that asymptomatic spread was a potential, that we should be worried about this. And yet she did nothing to ask for universal masking. Hospitals had it, you know, in, in, the mid, in mid-March. Long-term care didn't get it till April. I mean, those weeks were deadly. Mm-hmm deadly of delay. Um, you know, it's, it's so many errors, not conducting a staffing blitz ahead of the second wave, not implementing proper infection prevention and control leads in each home ahead of the second wave. Things that we told her needed to be done that were being done in other provinces that learned lessons after the first wave. Uh, you know, failing to get the military in the homes in the first wave fast mm-hmm. enough, which led to the 26, you know, dead upon arrival from dehydration. And yeah, that failing. Yeah. Horrifying. That is so hard to to deal with. I mean, in that report, the Ontario COVID-19 Long-Term Care Commission that they released on uh, Friday, uh, it, the, the, it literally, a quote says, they died when all they needed was water and a wipe down. These are 26 people, yeah. 26 people at one facility. Are we going to see criminal charges? Like, I think the average yeah, person thinks this is ridiculous. Yeah. Why don't we have criminal charges lodged against long-term Absolutely. care homes? Absolutely. And I remember after that first military report came out and, and, you know, Premier Ford came up there and did his little song and dance and said, there will be accountability. If we have to get the police involved, we will. Nothing has been done. No home has been charged. No licenses have been revoked. Instead, they passed legislation which would shield them from COVID-19 liability. I mean, literally at every step in the game, all they have done is defend the industry while leaving the residents vulnerable. And, and there was no need for the level of mortality that we saw. There was just none. We could have saved so many more lives had we actually exercised the precautionary principle and listened to the calls from the families, from the staff and the experts saying, you need to do X, Y, and Z, or else this is going to get very bad very quickly. And that's exactly what happened. Dr. Stamatopoulos, um, I want to ask you point blank here, a question that it's really going to put you on the spot, but... Does Marley Fullerton need to step down? Yes, but I know she won't. I know Ford will not make her step down. Nobody has stepped down. Nobody has been, you know, removed from their post, with the exception of that fellow who went traveling, but he stepped down himself, um, which is hilarious that he stepped down. But Phil, Minister Fullerton won't after the worst humanitarian crisis in our collective long-term care history. But she maintains that nothing was her fault and they went in and fixed the problems. I mean, it is a new level of deflection and denial than I've ever seen in my life. Can we fix this problem? Because I, I, I understand that we're starting to loosen uh, the government has announced that we'll be uh, loosening some of the restrictions in long-term care homes. You know, some long-term care home uh, residents have been actually able to step outside for the first time in, uh. a, in a year and, and breathe some uh, fresh air and have the sunlight fall on their face. We're, we're hearing now if you're uh, fully vaccinated and your your loved ones are fully vaccinated that they might be able to come in, that we're going to get uh, the opportunity to touch people again. I mean, it seems uh, like a long time coming. Um, but here we are at, at this, at this stage in the game. Um, do you think we could have reached this, this point a lot sooner? Oh, absolutely. And to be honest, this, yesterday's release was just a, a lot about nothing. That was a lot about a PR stunt is what it was because 
families have been in since September. The essential family caregivers have been in, have been hugging, have been having close contact. They've been doing close personal care. I mean, <laughs> this is known. And we have reports from months ago after the you know vaccination started to get underway that homes were starting to resume communal dining and activities. So, I mean, this was like, what? what this this was a happening. distraction? Yeah. Yes, of course it was. I mean, look over here. I know exactly. Try not to look at we're, look. We're doing something nice after the two scathing reports. Meanwhile, that was already in place. And if you talk to families, what they want is an increase in the number of visitors allowed. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, more outdoor visits. They did nothing with outdoor visits. Do you know these families are desperate to see their grandchildren? Like these residents want to see the rest of their family. They've only been able to see one, maybe two family members this entire year. They have more than one or two family members. Why aren't we allowing more expanded outdoor visitation? I mean, that's the safest option and get no word on that. Mum's the word. I mean, give me a break. If you actually wanted to help these families, you'd listen to them and you'd do what they're asking, which is expand meaningful visitation. I mean, this, this was a lot about nothing. Do you think Andrea Horvath should be absolutely livid this morning after that exchange yesterday and the blame being thrown at her? Yes. And frankly, this blame started last week. I remember she she started this whole, you know, new narrative about blaming the NDP. And I also know when the narrative starts, when I start getting random emails from their base saying that I should blame the NDP, which is ludicrous. Um, Mm. But it shows you that this is a strategy. This is a clear strategy to deflect and deny. And it's just ludicrous that you're blaming the NDP, which has been the most active in actually tabling bills that would help long term care. I mean, it's just it makes it doesn't make any sense. If blame another you know what, party, maybe that hasn't been so active. <laughs> you know what doesn't make sense to me. I know it's hard to get a job these days, but uh, if you're the minister of long term care and you know uh, people are asking for an apology, and like, wouldn't the easiest thing to do actually to, yeah. is to is to you know face the music, apologize, <laughs> and say. I'm the wrong person for the job. I should step away from this now. I mean, wouldn't that be the easiest course of action? Like, why hang on? What's the point? It makes no sense. And but just fundamentally, and I was having this conversation with a few families yesterday, like from just a basic human empathy perspective, I constantly apologize for these families, to these families, for what happened by this government. I had nothing to do with it. I had no power. If I could have, my God, I would have been doing a lot more than she did. But I constantly apologize just because I feel so terrible for what they've been through. As a human being, can't you acknowledge the pain, the horrifying negligence that these families lost their loved ones in the worst possible ways from, indeed, negligence, preventable negligence that you could have assisted with? I just got an yeah. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. I just got an email from uh, a listener and it popped up and I want to read it out to you because it's great that I, I saw it while you're on the line. Uh, he says Fullerton's absolutely correct. A decade and a half of neglect and nothing throughout healthcare. The global pandemic hits, uh, and now everyone's looking for an apology. What's wrong with you? Five years ago, I, along with my family, watched my dad die for three months yeah. while hospital staff and administration tripped over themselves. Um, it's useless. So what do you say to that? Well, listen, apology will only go so far. And families, and I've been very clear in my, in my advocacy, an, an apology in the absence of action that will actually make amends following that apology is useless. So yes, do the family say that apology would be nice and would be just a dignified thing to do? Of course, but words are just words. What we want more than anything, what families say to me all the time is we don't want this to happen to other families. All we care about is that these people who have power finally start doing what needs to be done to make meaningful change. 
because right now they're just making superficial changes which don't mm-hmm. actually force the hand of these for-profits to do the right thing. It's amazing to me to sit here and watch, and then they say, well, we're throwing all this money, all these billions, but they're, they're on changes that do not address the root causes of the problems, so the problems will never go away. Use that money fruitfully in areas like permanent wage increases, like legislating the care standard right now, like creating, bring back that bill from when, and actually have penalties with teeth that hit these bad actors where it hurts their pocketbook. That's the only language they speak. They don't care about these residents' quality of life. They care about their bottom line. That is their basic fiduciary responsibility is to create profit. And that's, you know, don't even get me going on how we need to phase out profit because that is a cancerous model in this sector. But in the interim, heavy penalties would go a long way. None of that is on the table. And I don't understand why. Doctor, let me ask you this before I let you go. Uh, this is also from that same emailer who clearly, you know, lost a loved one in, mm-hmm. in the system. So I, I feel for them in, and so they're coming at it from a different perspective. This, this doctor actually goes as far to say, uh, that, you know, advocates should, like yourself, should claim responsibility. What do you say to that? How hard is it to actually, how hard is it oh, to actually change things within the system? I mean, it's unless you have the power, it's next to impossible. And I even in my testimony at the long term care commissioners, I talked about how a lot of this is because of re- regulatory capture. And frankly, the for profit lobby has captured the interests of the entire industry. And what we are seeing is the changes that are levied are ones that really protect them. And I mean, Bill 218 is the most glaring example of that. We shielded them from COVID-19 liability while doing nothing to protect the residents or actually, you know, upholding their rights against negligence and to be provided safe and dignified care. That was that didn't happen. And we have done nothing to hold the bad actors to account. We protected them. They create they, not we, they created legislation to protect them. So respectfully, give me a break. The, the, the advocates have been fighting the families. And I lost a loved one two weeks before the pandemic hit. And it was not under good circumstances. And that's a large part of the reason why I advocate, because I understand mm-hmm. what these families have been through. And I, I know the problems firsthand as well. But we are trying so hard. And it feels like you're just hitting your, against, your head against the wall because they're not listening. And what can you do if a government just refuses to listen All to you the can families, do is to you the keep, experts? You keep hammering. You keep rattling that cage. And yeah, uh, you give up and do nothing, right? Yeah, well, Dr. Stamatopoulos, you don't sound like somebody who's going to give up anytime soon, and I'm uh, thankful for that. Also thankful that you're so generous with your time because I've kept you a lot longer than we probably (laughs) told you I would. But I'm going to let you back at it. It's been a really interesting conversation with you. Thanks so much for joining the show. Anytime. Thank you so much.